This is Bump City, the podcast, season two, episode eight. Here's a rundown for today. First, got to talk about it. Russell Wilson is no longer a Seahawk. He is taking his talents to Denver. We'll break that down. On the same day, Bobby Wagner was released by the Seattle Seahawks. They're making moves. We'll talk about it. Aaron Rodgers just got paid four years, $200 million. What does he need to do to take this team to the next level? Russell Westbrook has struggled in L.A., struggled, and you're starting to feel it. Wifey goes out on Twitter, on Instagram, gets her thoughts out there. We'll break down that whole situation. And as usual, end it with the Let It Burn segment. That's when I get something off of my chest, my therapy session. That's the rundown. Bump seat of the podcast, episode number eight, season two. Let's get it. Let's get right into it. Russell Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk. He is going to Denver, Colorado. Now, I've been covering the Seahawks for about five years now. I've lived in Western Washington for about 10 or 12 years. I've seen this all go down. And for the first time in 2022, first time in 10 years, the Hawks are going to run out the tunnel. And number three is not going to be under center. Let me just put his career in perspective for you guys a little bit. He's thrown for 37,000 yards. That's number one in franchise history. 292 Touchdowns, that's number one in franchise history. Second most all time within a player's first 10 years. 65 completion percentage, that is also first in franchise history. 3,000 completions, number one in franchise history. Nine-time Pro Bowler, 9-7 and seven in the playoffs. Only missed the playoffs twice. And in the playoffs, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. No denying what the Seahawks are losing with uh, Russell Wilson. And we didn't really expect this. I've gone on air several times saying, look, there's no way Russell's going to leave Seattle. He's locked in for at least another year. He has a no-trade clause. He learned his lesson from the 2021 offseason. He threw about four teams out there and says, look, if I were to get traded, these are the teams that I want to go to. And I think what's tearing people up right now is that you feel like you've been blindsided by Russell Wilson. I don't think you've been blindsided. I think he played his cards a little better than he did last year. Last year, like I mentioned, these teams are leaked. These are the teams that I want to go to. He talks about his offensive line. I'm tired of getting hit. Pete Carroll goes out and gets him another offensive coordinator. A lot of stuff went on last season. Now, you look at the way Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson have handled this offseason. It's been a bit quiet. You ask Pete Carroll about Russell Wilson. There's no way we're trading this guy. We're, we're taking phone calls, but we're not going to trade this dude. You listen to Russell Wilson talk as recent as February 13th. He goes, look, I want to finish my career in Seattle. This is where I want to be. I want to win more championships. I want to do it here. And if those of you who are surprised, if you take what Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll says every time they step up to the podium as fact and as gold, then, man, you're naive, and it's going to be a tough life for you for the rest of your time here, especially when you're dealing with coaches and athletes and general managers. The one time Russell Wilson told you exactly how he felt, he was painted as a villain, and I don't think he liked that very much. Not a villain, but not the most honest guy. He learned his lesson. He goes, look, I'm not going to go out there and put my business out there like I, like I did last year. So he's moving a bit different. And Pete Carroll, he's never going to throw guys under the bus. But this trade doesn't go down unless Russell Wilson wants it to happen. right? Like I mentioned, he had a no-trade clause on his deal. Unless he wanted this to happen, this was not going to happen. So this is what I think happened. I think, like Pete and John Schneider mentioned, look, we're taking calls from, from teams. We'll see what's up. When they take those calls from the teams, they communicate with Russell Wilson. Hey, man, we got this team called about you today. This team called about you, about you today. I think Russell Wilson heard Denver Broncos. Yeah, I can make that happen. Who they got over there? Cortland Sutton, about 700 yards last year, receiver. Another receiver, Tim Patrick. Okay, I can work with him, 700 yards. Jerry Judy. Yeah, I can work with him. 
He's not not always available. He's been banged up, but I can do that. Javante Adams, young running back, 903 yards last year. Yeah, I think I can do that. I think he saw this opportunity and said, look, if I'm going to make a move right now, Aaron Rodgers just got his money with the Green Bay Packers. I don't think this team's going to be able to pay me or going to want to pay me $50 million a year like Aaron Rodgers just got. Maybe it's time for me to make a move right now. And on the Seahawks side, they're looking at it. They're like, look, we're not going to pay him that $50 million next year. For us to win, we need to be able to bring pieces in and build around a quarterback. When's the last time the Hawks were legit contenders? 2013, 2014, a few years later, few years later after that. But at that point, Russell Wilson was not the highest paid quarterback in the league. You have to be able to build around him. And this was a, a scary move. Imagine being Pete Carroll and John Schneider sitting around and talking about actually getting rid of the most successful quarterback this franchise has ever had. This is a ballsy move, man. But they're, they're two or three steps ahead. They're looking towards the future. Now, they release somebody else. We'll get to that on the next topic. But imagine sitting at that table and having that conversation and knowing that you're going to get some backlash. And now what do they get out the deal? Two first-round picks, uh, two second-round picks, like a fourth and a fifth. Then you get three players. You get Drew Locke, you get Noah Fant, and a defensive lineman. That's another thing that the 12s out here are going crazy over. Drew Locke, what has he done? Noah Fant, good tight end. Good tight end. But you didn't get enough for the franchise quarterback, for the best quarterback in your organization's history. I don't think anyone who saw this deal go down thinks the Hawks got enough. I don't think Pete Carroll and John Snyder think they got enough. But Russell Wilson wanted out of here. You're not going to force a player, especially a player that's been with you 10 years, um, who's been through some battles, but you're not going to force a man to stay in a situation he doesn't want to be in. So you try to get the most out of the highest bidder. They're not, they weren't going to send him to the NFC. Like, no. We got to send him to the other conference so we don't see this guy. Granted, the Seattle Seahawks do play the Denver Broncos, but we're not going to have to see him in the playoffs. So it was strategic. I'm hearing the, the commanders had a better deal than what the Denver Broncos had, but what deterred them from that? Boom. Commanders are in the NFC. Russell Wilson didn't want to go to the commanders. Russell Wilson had all the leverage here. This doesn't go down if Russell doesn't want to make it happen. Now, why does Russell want out of Seattle? Why would he want out of the place that he built with his bare hands? Him and that defense back in 2013, 14, and 15. Why would he want out? Sometimes things just come to an end. Sometimes a fresh start is what you need, and I think that's what Russell wanted. He wanted a fresh start, and he wanted to go to a place that he knew he was going to get that money. Russell seems like a great guy. I'm pretty sure he is a great guy, but when it comes down to it, you got to be comfortable, and you got to get that money. He sees what Aaron Rodgers did to that market. He says, look, maybe it's time to get up out of here. And what he did was he left the toughest division in football, the NFC West, and he may have created the toughest division of football in the AFC West. What are we getting out of Drew Locke? Drew Locke has attempted 710 passes, completed under 60% of his passes, and only averaging around seven yards per attempt, 25 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. This isn't the guy who is going to take your franchise to the next level. I'm convinced that this year the Hawks are going to be with content with being mediocre. They're going to be content. They got the number nine overall pick. I don't think there's quarterbacks out there in this draft that are good enough to replace Russell Wilson right now. I don't think you're ever going to replace Russell Wilson, at least no time in the future. You're going to have to start with the same game plan you did with Russ. Draft a rookie quarterback, build a great defense around him, solid run game. So I don't think they're going to go quarterback with his number nine pick. I think they start to build this defense to what they want it to be. You got Rashad Penny in the backfield. You still have DK. I'm hearing that they're willing to trade Tyler Lockett. Who are your staples on offense and defense now? On offense, your staple is DK Metcalf. 
He's the guy. You better extend that dude. Make him feel wanted. You got to start including him in conversations now. On defense is Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, you gave him a big contract. He's going to be your staple on defense. You got to start having conversations with him now. At that linebacker core, you just really open up the doors for Jordan Brooks to really be that guy. We saw last year, man, he can do it. He can fit in there, get in the box, fill these gaps, set the edge. All the things you want a linebacker to do, he can do it. John Snyder and Pete Carroll are looking towards the future right now. And for the first time in 10 years, you're not going to have Russell Wilson, and it seems scary for a lot of people. Now I want to challenge the people who have been saying trade Russ. I mean, I, for the last couple of years, I've been hearing craziness. People talking about trade Russell Wilson, trade Russell Wilson. You're going to see what life is like without Russell Wilson. He might not be the most accurate at times. He might hold on to the football at times. He might not uh, fit the mold when you think of a leader on the sideline, a guy who leads in a certain way. But there's going to be some dark years now without Russell, man. There are going to be some dark years. I say one, two, possibly even three years without Russell Wilson. So the Northwest is, is going to get um, a little dose of reality, especially if you're younger, around, what, 20, 25 years old. For 10 to 12 years, the Hawks have been good and have been decent. You've lived a good life when it comes to football. Now you're going to see where your loyalty really lies, right? The 12s were created because of Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, um, and that defense, Michael Bennett. Bobby Wagner, Cliff Averill. None of these guys are on the football team anymore. Are you still going to show up and support? Do you understand what Pete Carroll and John Snyder are doing? This is a business end of the day. And business told them, look, we cannot build a football team around a quarterback who's getting paid $50 million a year. Can't do it. Highest quarterbacks. If you are the highest, highest paid quarterback in the NFL, you don't win NFL championships. You don't win Super Bowls because you got no help around you. That's what the Seahawks are saying. We are working towards the future. We have Jordan Brooks on that second level. We got Trey Brown at the corner spot. We got Jamal Adams at the safety. Every level is taken care of with at least one guy who can get it done. Down in the trenches, you got Daryl Taylor as well. Offensively, you know you're bringing back guard Damian, uh, excuse me, Damian Lewis and Gabe Jackson. You know they're bringing them back. What are you going to do at that tackle spot? Big decision to be made with Dwayne Brown. You know the running back are going to have Rashad Penny, possibly Chris Carson. They might bring somebody else in. They got young pieces. And you have to go young. My buddy Paul Moore went on Twitter the other day and said, look, tough move, but probably the right move. It's a young man's game. Russell Wilson's getting old. He's getting expensive. You can't build around him. And he wanted a fresh start. Maybe Pete Carroll wanted a fresh start too. Pete Carroll has three more years left on his contract. He's going to try to build this thing up for the next. And I think the next is going to be someone within. I think it's going to be Shane Waldron. It's going to be Clint Hurt. who's going to take over this football team. So not only is he looking out, Personnel-wise, okay, what can we get? How can we start building right now? I think he's setting his boy up, Clint Hurt, or maybe even Shane Waldron, for the next step to be a head coach. So this team is officially theirs. There's no more Super Bowl uh, personnel from 2013-2014. It is a clean slate here in Seattle. How are you guys going to take this? Are you going to support them? Are you still going to show up? We're going to see what the Northwest is all about. Next topic. From one Super Bowl champion franchise-type player in Russell Wilson to another, Bobby Wagner was released by the Seattle Seahawks. There are reasons for his departure. Before we get into that, here's Brady Henderson. First Russell Wilson, now Bobby Wagner. Hours after ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that the Seahawks have agreed to a deal that will send Wilson to Denver, a source told Schefter that the team has informed Wagner that he is being released. That means that the Seahawks are moving on from two franchise cornerstones 
on the same day. And perhaps that timing is fitting when you consider that it was on the same day 10 years ago that Seattle drafted Wagner and Wilson in the second and third rounds, respectively. Now, Wagner's release comes as no surprise. He turns 32 in June. He was scheduled to count a whopping $20.35 million against Seattle's salary cap next season in the final year of his deal. And Wagner himself wondered aloud in December whether he would be back in 2022, given all the big changes that could be in store for the Seahawks after their worst season in more than a decade. And Pete Carroll's comments at the scouting combine last week only reinforced that uncertainty. Wagner's release will clear $16.6 million in cash and cap space, while, of course, also leaving behind a massive hole in the middle of their defense and in their locker room. And Wagner's situation comes with an interesting subplot. Remember, he's been serving as his own agent for several years now. He represented himself when he negotiated his record-setting $54 million extension in 2019. And barring a change, he will continue to do so now that he becomes a free agent for the first time in his career. Last year, it was K.J. Wright that the Hawks let go. This year, it is Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson, that... That trade was more of a surprise than Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, like mentioned, is 32 years old. Yes, he was, what, first or second in the league when it comes to tackles. Him and Jordan Brooks kind of shared that thing. Um, But you kind of saw the play of Bobby going down. And if you really want to start to rebuild, you got to get rid of the biggest contracts on your team. And that was Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Now, I think that if Jordan Brooks did not perform the way he performed, if Jordan Brooks and Daryl Taylor were not the guys that they were last year, I don't think this deal gets done. I think they hold on to Bobby for another year and try to make things work, but they would have to come at him at a discount price. They would have to offer him less than what he's getting paid right now, and I don't think Bobby would want to do that. Why would he want to do that at this point of his career? When it comes to um, all the records he set, in 2010, he was on the All-Decade team. He has 1,300 tackles as number one in team history. He has the most tackles as a rookie. He's a six-time first-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time NFL tackle leader, and he's a Super Bowl champion. That resume does not say, I'm going to take a bargain, I'm going to take a discount, especially at this point of his career. His job right now is to keep playing football, stay healthy, and make as much money as possible. But as soon as that Russell Wilson deal went down, you had to think that Bobby Wagner was next. Why? They're just trying to free up money. They are officially in the rebuild mode. They are making tough decisions. You let Bobby and Russell go, you're telling everybody, look, here we go, hold on tight. Let's see how this thing works out. And now the Hawks are going to be able to go out and spend some more money on some younger talent. right? For what Bobby was getting paid, you can get two players on that contract. Two, maybe three if you do it right. All right, it's all a numbers game. It's not about Bobby not performing at extremely high level. The guy was still all pro, right? went to the Pro Bowl. Um, He's not getting downhill the way that he used to. Obviously, he's not a a 24-year-old man anymore. Father time always wins that game. I don't expect Bobby to play at the same level he was playing at five or six years ago. But at some point, you got to make a tough decision to say, what direction is this team going? Can we afford to have three huge contracts on this team? Three if you throw in Jamal Adams. You got to cut weight somewhere, and unfortunately, it goes with Bobby Wagner. My, My only hope is that this separation was clean. It wasn't nasty. I hope there was communication. I hope they they told Bobby how much they appreciated him. I think he'll be in the ring of honor one day. I think it's just sad for a lot of people to see the official Legion of Boom be done, right? It was already done with Sherman, Earl Thomas, and Kim Chancellor, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett. All those guys are gone. KJ, but now Bobby's gone. I mean, the boom has been over, but now there are no more memories. Who else is going to fill that gap? You're leaning on the young guys. Cody Barton. See what he does next year. 
honestly, I think in this draft, you have to go defensive and you got to get a bunch of defensive players. Maybe they draft another backer. Maybe they get another safety. Who knows? You still got to make a decision with Quandre Diggs as well. I just hope for Bobby's sake and for the Seattle Seahawks sake that this breakup was clean. There's a lot of communication. Everybody's calm. It's not what you want to do, but it's probably what you have to do at this point. If you want to build a good football team, you get rid of Russell Wilson. You get rid of Bobby Wagner. Now let's go spend some money. If the Hawks go out there and they're cheap right now and they go bargain shopping and they don't, they don't make a big splash, they don't make a big move, then what's this move for? If they don't make a big splash, what is this move for? It's for the next year. It's for the following year. And it's, it, uh, I'm surprised that these moves are going down because Pete Carroll doesn't have much longer in this league, yet he's willing to roll the dice and sacrifice and say, okay, I'm going to try to rebuild this thing before I get up out of here. Now, sad to see Bobby go, but there's a guy behind him in Jordan Brooks who I think is fully capable. I mean, this young man in the past two years has made leaps and bounds when it comes to being a professional. He looks like the linebacker who's going to stick his nose in there, who's going to take on guards, who's going to set the edge, who's going to try to get in that backfield. A lot of Bobby's players are about three or four yards down the field. He's making business decisions. And I hope people can appreciate um, that perspective, making business decisions. Right, you want to? I know you want a guy who's going to go out there and be kamikaze and throw his head head into every tackle and, and just play crazy. But at some point, man, you've been around the block several times. You're like, look, I can still make plays without being crazy. I can outsmart these dudes. So now, where does Bobby go? Who knows? I hope he doesn't go anywhere in the NFC, though. I hope he does. But something tells me, well, Bobby, man, he might just try to stick it to the Seattle Seahawks and go somewhere in the NFC just so they can play him again. And I don't blame him, man. I do not blame him. 10 years, he was brought in the same day as Russell Wilson, and on the same day, they are out leaving together. How crazy would it be if he went to the Denver Broncos and said, you know what, let's go over here and try to win a championship. Let's go over here and, uh, and, and get a championship with the team that we beat in the Super Bowl. How crazy would that be if Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson teamed up in Denver and got it done over there? Man, sad day for Seattle Seahawks, the true Seattle Seahawks fans. We're going to see how loyal you guys are. I said it in the last segment. I'll say it here. How loyal are you going to be? There's no more. No more boom. No more Russell Wilson. This team is going to look completely different. But there's young talent on defense that I think are going to develop. I love Jordan Brooks. I love Daryl Taylor. I love Trey Brown. We'll see if they get DJ Reed back. He's still got Jamal. What's Quandre going to do? Crazy times here. Bobby Wagner, man. appreciate everything you've done. Next topic. The oh-so-elusive Aaron Rodgers finally makes a decision about where he's going to play football next year. He is staying in Green Bay with the Packers. The Packers also franchise tag Devontae Adams. Good for him. Before I dive into it, here's a clip. Packers are set to extend Aaron Rodgers on a four-year, $200 million deal. That would be uh, $50 million per year. The offer came in on Friday. He mulled over and came to a decision. Rodgers wanted a longer deal to ensure no more year-to-year -year issues or distractions uh, per source. So he's definitely accepting the offer? Mm -hmm. Okay, you want my response? Yeah. So what? Congratulations. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. He deserves every penny that he's getting. Congratulations. I knew that. He's going to be great next season. I knew that. I know that. I knew he's going to be great this past season. I knew that. The season before that, I knew that. 
I'm waiting for the Super Bowl. Okay. You got 50 million a year. Can I get a, can I get a chip? Can, can, can I get a chip? Can we see Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in Lambeau Field? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, I've been, I'm on, everybody know me, Tim Legler, Damian Woody. I coined the phrase, he's a bad man. I love this brother. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. You gonna win the chip? That is the question with Aaron Rodgers. Super Bowl or bust as far as his legacy over the next three, four years. You gotta win the chip. Stephen A is right. That's what it comes down to. Can you win a championship? Now, I'm always happy when players get their money, man. $50 million a year for four years, $200 million. This dude is set. And there's no denying he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady is gone. Drew Brees is gone. Russell Wilson left the NFC. He's at the AFC. It's all set up for Aaron Rodgers to win a championship. But for some reason, they get into these moments and they don't win ball games. And Aaron Rodgers getting this deal to let you know how precious it is to have a quarterback. Right? That's why uh, Russell Wilson being traded is crazy, right? Because everyone knows how hard it is to find a quality quarterback. And when you do, you want to keep him. So now you're paying this man $50 million. You're paying him $50 million. He wants to be involved in the offseason conversations. He wants to be treated as a general manager pretty much. And at $50 million, you're paying him that much. He might as well be. He might as well be in every single meeting and figuring this thing out. And if we've learned anything from Aaron Rodgers and his personality, when he doesn't get what he wants, he's going to go on the Pat McAfee show and tell you how he feels. He's going to be elusive when it comes to the media. He says, look, his relationship with the GM and LaFleur are on point right now. They're in a good space. Good for them. But with Aaron Rodgers, it's like as soon as he meets any type of pushback on anything, he is going to flip out. He's going to have an attitude. So I like the move. I think they had to get this deal done. I think there's nothing else out there for him. Right? Denver was upset when they found out that Aaron Rodgers signed the deal. They get Russell Wilson. But as far as a quarterback who's available, who's ready to win right now, it has to be Aaron Rodgers. It is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, two of the biggest deal deals in NFL history just went down in the same day. But with Aaron Rodgers, what does he have to do to get his team to the next level? I honestly think when he won a Super Bowl, back in what, 2010 that was, I believe, when he won a Super Bowl, he wasn't the guy that we see today. Now, time changes people, money changes people, I get it. But he seemed more of a team player. I bet you he was hanging out with his teammates a bit more. I bet you he was having more candid conversations in the locker room. All speculation, right? I'm not part of the Green Bay organization. I don't have a connection with Aaron Rodgers. I'm just taking what he gives me. When I see him on TV and I hear him speak, seems like he sees himself as not really a part of this 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 ball team. He is a part of the ball team. I mean, obviously, he's a quarterback. He's out there on the field. But teams that win are extremely close. And I don't see a close football team when I look at Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Green Bay Packers. I think him and Devontae Adams are cool. I think they're on point. They probably text, go out every now and then. But can you get the second or third guy to make a play for you? Can you get these guys to buy into what you're doing? Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and found a way to do it. How did he do it? He seemed the most loose I've ever seen. I see him interacting with guys on the sideline. See him spending time with dudes. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers doing that. So if I am the GM, I'm LaFleur over there, and I'm making this deal with Aaron Rodgers, I go, look, these are the things that we need as well. I think Aaron Rodgers has been able to dictate the narrative over there for the last two or three seasons. Because he knows, he's like, look, I'm that girl who's going to get away from you. You are going to regret it when I am gone. So you're going to put up with my attitude. You're going to put up with my sassiness. Anything that I thought on the table, you are going to put up with because you know you're not going to find another one like me out there. 
and good for Aaron Rodgers. As a player, as a man who's trying to get his money, as the face of a franchise, hey, you got some leverage, you can do some things like that. You're the only person on your team that can do things like that. But at some point, you got to produce. You have to. This team has invested $200 million in your pocket. You have to produce. If Aaron Rodgers does not win another Super Bowl, what are we going to think about him? Everyone, I have a lot of people say Russell Wilson's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's only won one Super Bowl, and that was with a good defense. Aaron Rodgers, man, records for days. Only threw, what, four interceptions last year? In the past two years, he thrown, he's thrown eight or nine interceptions, 70 touchdowns. I mean, it all makes sense on paper, but can you win the big game? And for some reason, they can't win the big game. For some reason, they only put up 10 points against the 49ers in this past playoff game. You got the money. You deserve the money. I'm with Stephen A., best quarterback in the league. But if you don't start winning, let's start with playoff games. Win a couple of playoff games to start. If you can't win playoff games, you can't win Super Bowls, then your legacy is going to be messed with a bit. Talent-wise, we know he is the best quarterback in the league. But you know what time does? Once you're not, once you're not on that football field, once people can't see you perform, right, they start to forget about you. Not forget about you, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers on paper, the numbers. Aaron Rodgers, the performer. The flick, flick of the wrist on the back foot. The fourth and long conversions. The scrambling. Like You forget all that stuff fades away because new generations come in. Then they start to just look at your numbers. So for him to submit his legacy, in my opinion, he has to win a Super Bowl in the next four years. And I don't think that's going to be easy. There are some young dogs coming up right now. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. You got... Russell, who's over there in the AFC now. I mean, there's some young guns coming up. It's not as easy as it used to be. You are the old head on the block. You are the senior statesman when it comes to NFL at the quarterback spot. But these next few years are going to tell us a lot about Aaron Rodgers. Is he a true winner or is he just a performer? We shall see. Los Angeles Lakers have had a tough go this year. It looks like they're going to have to play in the play-in game, the play-in tournament to reach the NBA playoffs this year. And it's a big disappointment, right? You got LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, uh, Malik Monk with a bunch of other guys. And you thought that this team was going to be competitive. And they've shown glimpses of that, right? If LeBron doesn't put up 30, 40 points, it seems like this team doesn't win. If AD isn't healthy, this team doesn't win. But you got two other veterans on this team that you felt were going to contribute. Carmelo Anthony was going to come off the bench, be a spot-up shooter, I thought. And then Russell Westbrook, like where does he fit into this equation? And he's taken a lot of the heat for what the Lakers have been going through. Um, his wife has gone on social media and banged on some dudes. And he kind of spoke out about people messing up his name, right? Messing with his legacy, his last name Westbrook. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to use the term that people are using to describe this guy. But uh, it feels like it's hitting home. And uh, before we get into a bit more, here's a clip. Um, Russ, just off the court, um, your your wife had a social media uh, thread today that I think gave some open kind of a window to some of the extreme things that have happened to your family this season. Um, people kind of talking. My career, you mean? Well, <laughs> it seemed like it was about this season, but... I was wondering if there was anything you could speak to that. Yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, for one, you know, I, I 100% stand behind my wife and how she's feeling because um, it's not just about this year. Um, right now, she's reached a point um, 
and my family has reached a point to where it's really weighing on them um and it's very unfortunate um just for me personally because um this is just a game this is just a game this is not end all be all and um when it comes to basketball i don't mind the criticism of missing and making shots but the moment it becomes where you sh you know my name is getting shamed um it becomes a, a, a issue um i've kind of let it go in the past you know just because it never really bothered me but um it really kind of hit me the other day honestly i was uh, me and my wife was at um teacher parent conference for my son um and the teacher told me she's like uh, noah he's so proud of his last name he writes it everywhere he writes it on everything he he tells everybody walks around and says i'm westbrook westbrook that's his last name and it kind of i kind of sat there in shock and it hit me like damn like i can no longer allow people um you know for example west brick to me is now shaming like it's shaming my name it's uh, my legacy for my kids um it's a name that means more not just to me but to my wife to my mom my dad uh, the ones um that kind of paved the way for me and and that's just one example i mean that kind of hit myself and my wife in a, in a place where um it's not great man and and you know i think a lot of the, a lot of times you know i let it slide but it's now time to put a stop to to that and put it on notice like there's a difference and I, it, we need to make sure that it's understood and every time i do hear it now i will make sure that i address it and uh, make sure that i nip that in the butt now you can hear like the frustration and the pain in westbrook's voice he says look um, that Wes, I'm not going to say it because uh, the man asked us not to do it. I'm not going to say the nickname that people have been calling him, but you got to remember he is a human being. He has a family. He's got a wife. He's got kids. Like, it's deeper than just basketball. So I feel for Russell Westbrook when it comes to that. But how do you see Russell, Russell Westbrook? I see him as a dude, as an ultimate competitor. He's going to talk his shit. He's going to walk around with his chest out. He will confront fans like, this is who Westbrook has given us. He's been that aggressive type dude. So his aggression has been met with aggression because he's in a situation that just ain't working for him. Just ain't working for him. There's 15 in five years. At some point, I think he has to realize that he's the common denominator and stuff. Now, some people are going to say, oh, it's LeBron, it's the Lakers. He's in the wrong system. He decided to play on the Lakers. No one, no one forced him to play on the Lakers. He's getting paid $40 million. So when you're getting paid that much and you play in L.A., you are going to be criticized. I think it stops with the family, right? You can't be going after his last name, can't be going after the kids and the wifey. I feel all that. But it's almost like he had this coming because of the way that he interacts with the crowd and the way he interacts with the media. And the way that he's done that has made him a lot of money. People like that. It's the old school, aggressive type stuff. But now he's not playing well. Now he's probably not in the right system. He's at home. He's got guys like Magic Johnson criticizing him. And uh, it's starting to hit him. You know, and I think I want to see where he goes from here. Like, is he going to be the type to kind of change his approach when it comes to interactions with people around him? Or is he just going to keep going? And, and I encourage people to stop uh, with the with the defaming or, or tarnishing his last name. But you pay money to go to the games. You get to talk a little crap and criticize. I just, let's not get personal. Now, his wife, he went on social media and had something to say to Skip Bayless. I don't have the audio. I'm just I'm going to read it to you. She goes, I just found out that Skip Bayless blocked me on Twitter as though I'm the one constantly harassing him and calling him out of his name. Mr. Bayless, I'm a real person. 
If you're able to use your platform to degrade my husband and constantly call him out of his name, then at least be an adult enough to deal with the consequences of your actions. Don't try to erase me from your reality to make yourself feel better about your choices. I'm still here. There's no need to block me. Just be respectful and have no reason to respond or remind you of your reckless choices. Just do better. I'm good with that. I think Nina Westbrook is her name. She came out and said, look, man, to stop. You can criticize, but stop calling him out of his name. And once wifey steps in, I think you got to look at it differently and, uh, and really check yourself a little bit. And Skip Bayless, if you're going to go out there and talk crap, man, don't block. I hate when people run their mouths on Twitter and then block when people respond to them. No, if you are big enough to put that information out there, to put your opinion out there, then you got to be big enough to deal with the consequences. What Russell Westbrook is not a good fit in Los Angeles. He is not playing well. Five years, he's been on five different teams. He has to change something about himself as well. Yes, I feel bad for this dude because people are coming after him and his family. But at some point, you got to look in the mirror and say, all right, man, let me try something different. Let me try a different approach. I think I heard... Colin Cowherd, which I rarely agree with, said, look, man, like if you can't get along with LeBron, something's wrong because he is the ultimate people pleaser. I'm going to make sure everyone's satisfied in this situation. If you can't get along with him, then something's up. And you're at the point of his career to where he has to understand his role. Teams are not going to win championships with Russell Westbrook as the number one guy. Those days are gone. He's just getting older. He's got to change his game up, develop a jump shot, sit in the corner, play defense, do other things. I saw a sequence where he did absolutely nothing. There's no passion in his game right now. And I think it's bigger than basketball. I think the family stuff and the heckling is weighing down on him. But what can he do to change the situation? And I'm not even sure that he's willing to do that. I think he might be who he is at this point. He's going to ride off into the sunset with this certain uh, perception of himself, which is all right. He's making a lot of money playing a game. But when you lose passion, there's no effort out there, and they're paying you 40 mil, you are going to be criticized. I feel for him, but I also understand why people are getting at him. Next topic. This is the Let It Burn segment. This is where I get something off my chest. It's been a sad day here in the Pacific Northwest. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but... Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner are gone, and people have to understand that this day was going to come. I didn't think it was going to happen yesterday. I didn't think both these guys were going to be gone at the same time, but we all knew it was going to come to an end. So what I encourage you 12s to do now is to sit back, reflect, enjoy the times you had with Russell and Bobby and KJ and Earl Thomas and Sherman, the Legion of Boom, and buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride from here on out. You got to try to trust this organization. Do you trust Pete Carroll? Do you trust John Schneider right now? You probably don't because they got rid of number three and number 54. But this is the business. This is how it goes. We'll see what Russell does in Denver. We'll see who picks up Bobby Wagner. But focus on your football team. Keep track of the moves. And let's see what happens from here. Sad day in the Pacific Northwest. It is over. Let that thing burn. Hey, thank you guys for listening to today's show. I'm Michael Bumpus. It's been real. Bump City, the podcast, episode number eight of season two. I'll highlight y'all next week.